gentlemen welcome back to another episode of attitude era wrestling review podcast i am your host you know who i am anyway drew my man i got a riddle for you shoot what do you get when raw isn't on television but the other promotion is a good show that's absolutely right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have WCW Monday Ooh. Nitro from August 26, 1996. And let me go ahead and tell you guys right now, if you flip over to USA on this day, you're going to be watching tennis, not wrestling. Really weird. But I'm sure uh, Bischoff and the gang there at WCW were licking their chops at this one. And by God, I <laughs> wow. <laughs> hmm Yep, really makes a lot of sense on why two two certain things happened tonight and not any other nights. It seemed like random until you realize that Raw's not on, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Speaking of, need to introduce my tag team partner. That was kind of a odd one there. Man joining me today, of course, is the man who joins me always. My man, the big Drewski. Woo! Yeah, Nitro from I have no idea where. I, they keep saying it, and I keep missing it. It doesn't matter. Somewhere in Florida. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, over the tennis rainbow. Apparently, yeah. This show was I entertaining because there wasn't anything else on. Raw moved to Friday nights, but it's not on the Peacock. Or the YouTubes. So we don't get to watch Raw this week. So it's just Nitro. And we're going to do a special watch along on an older, oh, about a, at this point, be 12 year old match. Now it would be a 37 year old match. <laughs> so you'll have to watch along, list, watch along and listen along with that on another, on our other episode releasing this week. Wow. I'm, I got a marble full of mouth this morning. I got teeth to the top. Of the top. <laughs> Woo. It'd be like that. Yeah, it'd be like that this morning. Yeah, so this episode, uncontested. I mean, because let's be let's face it, the crowd that's watching wrestling, 95% of them not watching the US Open. Oh yeah. I definitely say so. <laughs> but <laughs> From USA's perspective, I bet you the USA had more views than Raw did, even on Monday night. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd say more people were watching tennis than Raw at this point. Not for, not in, oh, about a, yeah. in about a year they won't, but now they are. At, from I was like, yeah, they, <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> All right, well, and this show kicked off quickly. Very, Very quickly. quickly. <laughs> I think one Very. of them was in the ring when the show come on, which 
Nice. I like that. Because, I mean, at this point, this, kid, this guy's not getting an entrance. Not on TV. But, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, since this is your area of expertise, I'll let you take this one away. All right. So we start off, of course, once again, as usual, hour one, our good buddies, Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco. But let's talk about this first match. We are back in the cruiserweight division. This is kicking off hour one, folks. Got some kid named Billy Kidman going up against some other dude named Juventud Guerrera. Yeah, Hoovy. Who's making his WCW debut. Yes, this is a debut for the man. I mean, it was pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's like Tony Schiavone, I think, had like a nerdgasm whenever Hoovy comes out because he mentioned uh, Hoovy's father, Fuerza. And I was like, okay. I was like, I don't know. He's like pulling out some encyclopedic knowledge here because it's like, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> yep. I That whole family, I don't know how they're all. I know they're all related somewhere with the Guerreros, but no mm-hmm. idea who's who. Oh, yeah. I was like, it's hard to tell. But at the same time, I was like, shoot, man, you talk about a dynasty. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm sure that's all in there. And, um, of course, it's kind of weird. Like going back now, especially considering the whole Ravens flock things happens later on in WCW, seeing Billy Kidman come out, but he's not all like, you know, Billy Kidman grunged out, I guess you can call it. He's he white, comes out, you know, just clean cut, white meat baby face. Say what? He's a white meat oh, yeah, baby white face. White meat baby face, just clear cut kid from, you know, hard working town up in Pennsylvania. Like, <laughs> it was, like, was kind of odd. It's like, yeah, you know, where's, Everything else, like I miss that kidman that they like pushed as a kid for like the entirety of his career. But I mean, then again, I mean, shoot, I mean, Billy Kidman's the definition of babyface. I mean, if the dude shaved, you'd probably ask for his ID for a pack of smokes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> dude's got to be well into his forties now. Shout out to Billy Kidman. I've always been a Kidman Ooh. fan. Oh yeah, who hasn't? Good in ring. Right. Good in the ring. Oh, yeah. It's like speaking of in ring, man. I mean, this match probably went about 100 miles an hour, it felt like. Yeah. And it was, it was to me, like I, like I said, I enjoy it. So it's like, I mean, I like seeing these matches. It's like these guys are small, they're slithery. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, uh, this was, this was classic Lucha. And you could tell Hoovy was calling this match. I mean, because Lucha goes 100,000 miles an hour. Nothing really registers. Nothing has to make sense. Just Oh, yeah. Like, it was straight Lucha. And it, it was it was great. They gave him six minutes, and they both said, hey, let's hit everything we know how to do. And mm-hmm. one of us wins. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the best part because, I mean, you couldn't tell from the jump, like, who's going to win this match? This is like they were all over the place. There were crossbodies, sunset flips, springboards, and – Oh man, did you see Hoovy hit that corkscrew? Uh, that corkscrew splash. That was oh off the rope. Yeah, the spring yes. off the ropes. Good lord! Right. Yeah, it is like I love it, man. This is like especially now, like going back because it's like we are starting to see the budding of what made WCW pop that much more for me. And it's like, yeah, the NWO thing was great. It was fun. It was entertaining there for a while. And then it got oversaturated and blah, blah, blah. We'll get there. But, we'll get there. Yeah, we will definitely get there. Oh, my God. Anyway, but just seeing, 
like the cruiserweight division start to grow and they're bringing in more guys who, you know, did a lot of work, you know, other places in the world, whether it be Mexico, Japan, even here in the States, but these guys are basically getting cast aside by WWF at the time because, I mean, they just want a big, hairy, sweaty men. And it's like, well, let's give these smaller guys a shot and man, work like gangbusters. Yep, I have absolutely. And like you said, this match was 100 miles an hour, but it's the whole thing. It's the only match pretty much on the card that was like that. Mm-hmm. It's... it's this will what today would be called your standard indie match. Just you got some, except it's a little sh- way shorter. Everybody just goes in, does everything, gets the crowd to cheap pop every little move. But this is different because they didn't. Nobody did this back then. This was what you did to get the crowd hot, and then you put something else on, get them. You know, you get them started. This is your appetizer, I guess you'd oh, say. Yeah. And it, and it yeah, it was their style they used for years, and it worked until somebody came in and crapped all over WCW and flushed it down the toilet. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. True that. And what blew me away here is that Hoovy kicked out of that shooting star press. That is the only problem I have with this match. Mm. If you're going to have Kidman do that, he's got to win with it. If not, it buries it and it's weak. I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to do that, that's his finish. So I wouldn't have had him do that and still lose. If he's, right. gonna, if he's going over, yeah, do that. Oh, heck yeah. Hit that and one, two, three it. But the fact that he had Hoovy kick out of it, eh, a little pitchy for me, dog. It was a little pitchy. I was like, I get it. I mean, I guess they're trying to, they were trying to push Hoovy or they are trying to push Hoovy at this point, which, I mean, I guess in terms of that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I, I 100% agree. Like, don't have Kidman pull out his, his finisher. And then, I mean, especially not to begin your weekly show. Like, I'd get it if these two were in a storyline together and then here comes, you know, random w, WCW pay-per-view. And it's like, y'all, you know, this has been building up to this. Shooting star press. Oh my God, he kicks out. You know, that'd have been that'd have been great. You know what I mean? But I mean, Nitro probably not the place for it. I get it if you want to get Hoovy over, get him over. But probably not that route to get him over. Uh, but I was like, but sheesh, that hurricane Rana though. Like y'all. <laughs> yeah. The, do not doubt the ability of Juventud Guerrero. Like I will nope. say that to say the very least. Nope. Gets Kidman. One, two, three. That's the match. And we find out that Psychosis is injured, and he's and now Hoovy's gonna face Conan for the Mexican heavyweight title. Okay. That makes perfect sense. Cool. Um, one oh. thing I will complain about. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, I was done. I was say, one thing I will kind of complain about, like, you're in the front of a crowd in Florida. These people have no clue who Hooventude is. You put him in there against Billy Kidman. He beats Billy Kidman. Okay, cool. Why did they interview him after the match? Oh, Dude. my. Oh, this. 
I wrote one thing. I said, is Juventu Guerrero Ahmed Johnson's illegitimate brother? Because, my God, I understood. I, I don't know if they were going for the, he doesn't speak English, it's funny, or I don't know what they were going for here, but he starts off kind of in English and just 10,000 miles an hour in Spanish, which I'm not mocking. I mean, not, not knocking Spanish. The guy speaks Spanish. That's fine. But he's on an English speaking program. So I didn't get this at all. And in front of Floridians, no less. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the, I'd say a good bit in the crowd might've understood what he was saying, but unless there's subtitles or a translator, me and mean Gene had no idea. Meaning I'm sitting there like, uh, uh huh. Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, I was like, I mean, I feel the same way watching, uh, what is it, UFC from time to time. Yeah. Like uh, Brazilian fighter wins because they're like, oh, you know, for my people in Brazil. And then they speak, start speaking Brazilian Portuguese. And I'm just like, yeah. All right. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. They're cheering. So it must be something awesome. But no, I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, it was a great match. I mean, it was a good debut for Hooventude. And this one, like I said, I probably wouldn't have had him kick out of the shooting star, but I didn't book the match. Way to look and make him look tough, in my opinion, you know? Yeah. So there you go. As, as Grade-wise, uh, I'll be honest with you, I gave it a B. Uh, had everything that you would want. I know, you're. I uh, see your face. Um, <laughs> it's like, to me, it, was, it gave me everything that you would want in a debut for one and two, especially a guy you're trying to push and three. I mean, come on. It was a cruiserweight match. Did, did somebody piss in your Cheerios before this match? Because I gave this an a minus. You gave it an a minus. Yeah. Really? I, yeah. I mean, I just had two little gripes with this match. The, um, the Kidman and the shooting star press, the, I'm not even counting the interview because that was, I'm just, <laughs> I'm Xing all that out because I don't, that was not Hoovy's fault at all, unless that's what they told him to do. And then that's somebody, no. And the other thing, only other problem I have is where's Mike Tanay? Because some of these moves, Zabisco and Shivani were like, uh, that's a, no, that's a, I have no idea what to call that. Like, where's Mike Tanay? That's a good point. I'm surprised it was like any other, it was like, it seemed like every other cruiserweight match, at least at the pay per views and stuff, they're just like, Hold on, let's get Mike Tanay on the phone. He actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, I like this a lot. I mean, it was entertaining. It was quick. It got him over. Yeah, there you go. And what more can we say? But, I mean, yeah, it's – do you guys feel that at home? Where's my blanket, man? Yeah, I need a blanket. It's. Getting, I don't know about you, but my blood is running cold. Ooh, it's getting chilly because we got a new glacier vignette. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> a new one. They spent more money on this guy's vignettes than probably anybody in history. Oh, my God. And my, like, could you imagine having that kind of budget for your job resume? <laughs> yeah just pick a place you want to work and just start sending them random videos of you for months and these people are like okay who's this drew guy like we need to get him in here apparently he's like the bomb but you never show up yeah if you've not seen glacier's vignettes and i'm gonna 
if you've seen how, if you ever watched How I Met Your Mother, they are exactly Barney's video resumes. This is exactly how they're produced and made. It's perfect. Except he doesn't talk. He just needs to talk about himself. Right, you know, just, you're going to tell him he's a real go-getter, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Make up some oh words. Oh my God, I'm surprised I don't have this dude shooting ice out of his hand yet. Like, where is Glacier, guys? Yeah. We like, need- we do this every week. Oh, we'll we'll hear more about Glacier later in this show. <laughs> a lot about Glacier later in the show. So, did you notice after this, they're talking to Shivani and Zabisco, and the crowd is pissed. Did, do you know why or what happened or did they just? I'm go- not sure. I was I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe they're waiting on Glacier too. I don't know, but they like the crowd was booing and yelling something, but I couldn't figure out what it was. I don't know. Weird. Indeed. Then we got a review of Stex and the Three Horsemen and Mongo's Agreement. And if you're going to replay people talking, why replay Mongo? I mean, Ben Walls was good, Flair, Arn Anderson, duh. And then there's Mongo. I mean, he sticks out like, I'd say a sore thumb, but it's more like, I don't know. I, I Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he said something enlightening that we might have missed. Maybe. Apparently, though, Dave Onestat called and wants him to come back to the Bears. Please go back to the Bears. <sighs> but yeah so then we move on to the i've got to call it the weirdest match of the night probably maybe yeah definitely <laughs> bagwell buff bagwell not with Riggs because Riggs is injured i'm with Jim Powers, so that's a tag team that I guess just got... I mean, he is an American male. I guess that's true. <laughs> and he's with Teddy Long. Okay. Holla, holla. Versus Taskmaster and Big Bubba. <laughs> okay. With Nick Patrick as your referee. Uh-oh. You know where this is going, folks. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And he just allows everything at the beginning. Uh, I, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine on this one, man. I, I this couldn't yeah. put anything together with this one. I was just kind of like, uh, okay, they're fighting. This is we've got some time <laughs> to kill, and let's just put a match out there. I mean, big Bagwell Bagpow is what I called them took the early advantage the oh did you see the spot where big bubba was going to power bomb powers but he was too close to the rope so he just fell down backwards then had him do it again i was about to say that <laughs> i was like tell me you saw that i mean it was a, the first one was a good cover but don't go back to the same spot because mm-hmm. it's really i mean really obvious because right so what we're talking about is Big Bubba picks, he kind of blocks uh, almost a Hurricane Rana or whatever he was going to try. 
But Powers is sitting up on his shoulders, beating his face in. So Big Bubba's going to powerbomb him. But he's too close to the ropes, and I guess instead of just taking a couple steps backwards and doing it, or maybe he was trying and fell down, not sure. But he couldn't do it where he was without killing Jim Powers. But I'm thinking if somebody could pull that move off where they do a powerbomb and just spring him off the ropes, if you could do that without <laughs> dying, there's your finisher right there. Right, that'd be brutal. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so he falls down, and Powers sits on his chest, punches him a couple of times. They both get up. They run the ropes, or Powers runs the ropes. He gets right back into the same spot up on his shoulders. Bam, this time he power bombs him. I'm thinking, oh, no, do something else. <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, yeah, you look at it, it's kind of cringy, you know? It's kind of like, uh, okay, so it, it's funny to me because, I mean, it's on live television, and it's kind of like, oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Wait, come back, come back, come back. We messed that up. There it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I don't know about Powers, but Bubba's a 10-year vet at this point. He should have known better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but they made up for it about five seconds later, the, the headbutt spot. Yes. On the turnbuckles. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved it. Powers, <laughs> Powers has Taskmaster just beating his head into the turnbuckle. Well, here comes Jimmy Hart. So he grabs Jimmy Hart and just... One, two, one, two, back and forth for the same turnbuckle. <laughs> Loved it. And, of course, Jimmy Hart takes the manager bump off the apron. Look, that was great. Oh, God. <laughs> but that was great. here's where the match goes off the rails. I think it was Powers goes to pin Bubba. And one, two, three, match over. But, but, so American Males slash... Bag pal think they've won, and they're up celebrating. But Nick Patrick says, no, he got his arm up. It's only two. It's only two, even though he smacked three, which allows Taskmaster and Bubba to jump American males from behind, pin them in about five seconds. They win the match. Uh, What the bloody heck was that? Do you have any idea? No. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. I was like, I mean, the camera, everybody, me, you, the folks watching at home. I mean, I counted three. I did too. To me, this didn't make Patrick come off as the heel. Made him come off as a doofus, an idiot. Right. Literally. I was saying, made him come off incompetent. as an idiot. incompetent. Incompetent is the word I was looking for. It's like at this point, it's like you asked Bischoff for more money, and he said no, and you're just like, well, fine. I'm just gonna go out here and kind of lollipop it until you give me what I want. <sighs> like so, I would do this at my job. No, I wouldn't. Nah. Wink. So Dungeon <clears throat> of Doom, then they won it. Then we get Mean Gene with Bubba and Taskmaster. Okay. And this is where it gets fun. Because Big Bubba said he is tired of sitting on the sidelines. He was challenging Glacier. Who's He's like, where is this guy? We see his vignette or we see his videos where is he he needs to come out and fight okay and then <laughs> kevin sullivan accuses mean gene of being on a boat in florida with hogan 
<laughs> and Mean Gene's like, did the person have hair? And Kevin Sullivan goes, yeah. Well, then it couldn't be me. No, it was you. Okay. <laughs> but, oh, so poorly thought out. Why would Mean Gene say, does the guy have hair? Did he, did he know who it was? Hmm. Well, if he knew who it was, he might have been there. Just saying. And if Kevin Sullivan said, yeah, the guy had hair, and Mean Gene standing in front of you, bouldering a cue ball, <laughs> why would you still accuse him of it being him? <laughs> That's like you're standing there at a convenience store, and you hand a guy a bottle of Coke, and he goes, that'll be $10,000. Uh, it's a bottle of Coke. No, that's a gold bar. Oh, okay, here's $10,000. Touche. Whew. Yeah, I I don't know. This whole thing was really, other than the Glacier call-out, was pointless. True that. Didn't get it. I mean, if they were trying to just make Nick Patrick look heelish, it come off as goofish, doofish, and incompetent. I originally gave this a, a D because it was stupid. But then when Big Bubba called out Glacier, I saw a gleam of hope. So I gave it a C. Oh, Big Bubba saved it for me. I mean, Excuse what me. about you? Uh, let's say this one. Uh, I did not know what to give it. I like, first I went with a C because I was like, okay, you know, maybe this had a point. And then I started thinking about it. And, you know, I you know, went to the kitchen and stared out the window. And then I came back and I was like, maybe a D plus. I can see that. Like, yeah, the, the match itself was kind of everywhere. The finish was sad. Um, the interview was different. Um, well, at least old Kevin Sullivan's part was kind of just, yeah, you know, but I mean, it was funny because uh, you hear Bubba's in here. Come on in, get you some Bubba. Like, what? <laughs> but I love yeah. it because he's been saying what I've been thinking for the last month or so. You know, it's like, where's this guy at? It's August. It's almost mm -hmm. September now, guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, This, if you're going to do that contested finish, the bag pal did not put up enough of a resistance at the end for me. They barely mm -hmm. argue it. Then they're like, oh, okay, well, okay. Guess guess that's the way it goes. I mean, show some heart. Show some fire. You just got screwed. Seriously, yeah. It's like, you need to get in somebody's face and start screaming and all that. It's like Teddy Long did more for them than they did for themselves. And I did write, I'm already, I'm really tired of this Nick Patrick angle already. Right. And to think of that had been several years later, uh, Nick Patrick would have found himself one-on-one -on -one with the Undertaker player. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so after that, so D plus and a C. Yeah, about, yeah I mean, like I said, I said D until he mentioned Glacier, then I got all excited. <laughs> so then we get Mean Gene backstage with Stex, and they have balls. That was pretty much the promo from both of them. They've got balls. And they're going to do war games. War games. Okay. <laughs> Nothing much to talk about there. It was, how dare you do a <laughs> gut check? And I'm like, okay. Can't say. Then he said intestinal fortitude. I'm like, 
six months later, we'll be full on. You could say, we've got the balls to do it. <laughs> We're still a little bit before the full-fledged on Attitude Era, and this was... <laughs> I mean, we're getting there. You can definitely see the shades of it. Oh, but yeah, for we're sure. We're still going to say gut check instead of we got the balls. But oh, well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so next, even though it didn't get the highest grade, we might have had my favorite match of the night, which is probably hmm. going to surprise the crap out of you because just because of the finish. But we'll get there. Um, we got Mike Enos of was it Rough and Ready with him and Dick Slater? Yes. Yes. Versus Chavo Guerrero. You know. Ooh, there, Chavo. Is there a Guerrero not in this company right now? Hector. Uh, Hector's not here, is he? I don't think so. One of the very underrated Guerreros, in my opinion. Indeed. All right. So we get Chavo versus Mike Enos. And, you know, Enos is a much bigger, stronger opponent, so Chavo's fighting from underneath most of this match. But Chavo's quick. I mean, even for a cruiserweight, that little dude's speedy. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I know I don't want to make the... um, But he's speedy Gonzalez. I mean, it's just gondole, gondole, riba, riba, woo All over the place. <laughs> but, so... After the match starts, Dick Slater comes down with a towel on his head. Okay. Then we see Conan in the audience. Okay. I guess he's scouting Guerrero or... I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so this match, pretty basic till the finish. So here's the finish. And I, at first, I thought I was going to hate this. But then I looked at it. And I realized why, probably why they did it, especially since being in Florida. And the more I thought about it, I kind of went back and watched this again. And I realized I was wrong on my first assumption. And I loved it. So here's, this is a big convoluted, not convoluted, but a big finishing sequence. So it starts by Enos power bombs Chavo, but he power bombed him on his leg. So he hurt his own knee powerbombing Chavo, which I'm sure didn't mess up Chavo's back at all. Okay. Then Chavo gets him in the figure four. Okay. As he's trying not to give up, Enos pokes the ref in the eye. And that must have been the eye poke of doom because I think it was Randy Anderson took the longest time laying there, which the refs are made of glass. That's just a one of those things you got a <laughs> suspension of disbelief. So leg, Dick Slater comes in and leg drops Chavo. Okay. Then here's where it gets interesting. Mike Enos and Dick Slater switch spots. Enos rolls out and puts a towel on his head. Now, if you look at these two, they look nothing alike. No. Nothing at all. Then Dick Slater get, goes to the figure four on Chavo. But as he does, Chavo rolls him up. And here comes Randy Anderson with the one, two, three. So Chavo pinned the wrong guy. And at, point, at first I'm like, what? They look nothing alike. But then I went back and looked at it. The way, the, where the referee was positioned, he could not really see who was being pinned, just that somebody was being pinned. Yep. Okay. So Dick Slater. <laughs> no, right. So 
So Chavo gets another sneaky little win. He doesn't like DDP. Calls him out after the match. Good, and that was a good promo by Chavo. Good fire to it. And he spoke English. Take notes, Hooventude. <laughs> but at first, I'm like, oh, I'm going to rip this. I hate this finish. Until I realized he couldn't see who he was pinning. And that this is in Florida. This, I can guarantee you, is right out of the Eddie Graham playbook of finishes. I'd almost bet, because Eddie Graham is one of the notorious best finished men in the world. And I guarantee you this is out of his book. I was going to say, yeah, honestly, like, I I enjoyed that part. Because, I mean, it was one of those, it was just campy enough to get over for me. Because it's one of those things, but yeah, like you said, I mean, that some old school stuff there. It's like, oh my God, like, how much crust did Mike Enos have under his finger for this ref to take this long to... And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, wait, there's a pin. Close enough. It's the right guy. Chavo goes over. I was like, yeah, I mean, it was pretty enjoyable for me from that standpoint of it. I was like, other than that, the rest of the match was kind of just them picking each other up and throwing each other to the canvas. Yeah. Tommy Enos threw Chavo around for a good while. He'd get a little bit of in, then he'd get cut off. Standard, mm-hmm. you know, there's a bigger guy and a guy fighting as a trying to get some sympathy. Yep. But, yeah, if – if Chavo would have pinned Slater with just a regular old pin, I would have lit this up and probably never watched an Enos match again or oh, yeah. anybody involved. But the fact, the way he rolled him up, and they did it perfectly, that's another thing. Both of them did it perfectly. All three, sorry, got to give the ref some credit. All three of them did it perfectly so he couldn't tell who he was pinning. And their outfits were similar. So it's not like one was wearing purple, one was wearing white. Right. So all he saw was legs being pinned, shoulders down, couldn't see his face. One, two, three. I I liked it. It wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it wasn't terrible. I the finishing really got me the the match itself was blah. Was there. Yeah. But the finish brought this home. I gave it a B. Well, sir, seems like we were in agreement on this one, because I mean I gave it a B as well. And, like, quite literally the same exact reason, believe it or not. Like, <laughs> it was like, you know, the match was kind of, yeah, like I said, well, let's just see who can pick the one up and slam them the hardest. But, I mean, honestly, yeah, the, the finish. I mean, me sitting here now at 33 years old, I'm like, hey, hey, that's the wrong guy. That's the wrong guy. <laughs> and ref counts it, and I was like, well, you know what? You know what? That's what they get for trying to cheat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's safe to say I totally marked out on this match for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like in that in the I alluded to it earlier, the promo that Chavo does afterwards calling out DDP for being that no good dirty guy to Eddie Guerrero was good. Good fire. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, I think even at one point me and Gene told him he needed to calm down. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of cruiserweights, we'll move on to our next match. We get JL, the masked quote-unquote luchador, versus Rey Mysterio Jr. in a cruiserweight title match. Fascinating. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't know who this JL guy was. I had to Google it. Did you know who he was beforehand? 
Mm-mm. It's Jerry Lynn from ECW. Really? Yep. That's JL stands for Jerry Lynn. Huh. And WCW put a mask on him and sent him to Japan as a luchador. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of that, made me uh, chuckle with uh, Zabisco's little line about uh, investing in the wrestling mask market. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, dang, me too. And you got Hoovy, Ray, JL. Psychosis. Psychosis. <laughs> I'm just talking about on this show. Oh, on this well, show alone. Well, we yeah. mentioned psychosis, so I guess that counts. <laughs> Glacier. We've not seen his face. True. Um. Ah, yeah. So, is there any more on the second hour? Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan would probably look better with a mask. Uh, no, that would be the last of the masks. But anyway, yeah, it was a very good comment. I don't know why I'm taking that comment so seriously. Like, what was the mask market in 1996? <laughs> <sighs> Masks were the 96 Bitcoin. True that. So, okay, this match was kind of ticked me off a little bit because this was a cruiserweight title match and the match was in not important. Oh, no. It was completely secondary. Yeah, this was one of those matches in the background, and they kept showing the Hogan and the Outsiders are out at the production truck. I'm like, oh, God, here we go with this again. But nope, somebody slams a door on them, which, why didn't they do that the first time? But they spray paint NWO logos on the production truck. Ooh, those bad, bad boys. Whoopity-doo. Oh, naughty, naughty. Yeah, and... I don't know. But, I mean, that was mostly the match. I'm talking about that. Malenko yeah. comes down, and he's scouting the Rey Mysterio, because I guess he's getting his, wants his title back. Hmm. And the thing that saved the match for me is the... Did you see the amateur wrestling spot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight of the match to me, and... I'm sure this is an old school thing, but I loved it. So Jerry Lynn gets down in like the, you know, the amateur wrestling spot position, starting position. And he's like, all right, let's do this. And Ray's like, okay, well, he gets him and Ray gets the better of him. And he crawls over and grabs the ropes. And, you know, J JL's all and kicking, you know, he's frustrated. So he tells Eddie or Ray, your turn, your turn to do this. So, Ray Mysterio gets down the starting position on all fours, and JL just hauls off and kicks him in the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's heel work. That's heel work right there. I mean, it kind of makes your baby face look stupid, but honorable all at the same time. It kind of made me think of uh, the line from uh, The Princess Bride, where he's like, uh, you fell from one of the world's oldest tricks, or whatever he's Oh, <laughs> Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, it was like, as soon as you see him, it was like, really? It's like, this is like grade school. Like, I, so yeah, you know, come on. Yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. This will be fun. I'm going to kick you in the rib. Yeah, everybody saw it coming, but it was still great. That's what makes it great, though. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So after that, they go back and forth. Lucha, lucha, lucha. Sort of, I guess. Wasn't really a lucha match though, because nah. it was yeah, I shouldn't say lucha because this was a high flying but not lucha. They sold stuff, they went for pins on after things. 
things made some sense. But Rey Mysterio wins it with a springboard Hurricane Rana. One, two, three. And he pretty much legit spiked JL's head in the mat on that one. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Like that. <laughs> I mean, it looked gnarly. And what I saw. <laughs> yeah. And the only the only problem I had with this match overall, I mean, it wasn't great. It was there and the stuff in the background was just distracting. Should have done that by itself and took out Mongo talking. We'll get there. <laughs> but the only the thing I wrote is do all cruiserweights just have the same finishing move? I mean, there's gotta be something flippy or high flying, right? Every one of them use either the top rope, springboard, some version of a Hurricane Rana. Mm-hmm. I mean... I like, yeah, about the only one I could think of who doesn't, and they're considered a cruiserweight, is Malenko, whose finisher is a Texas Cloverleaf. Kidman used this Silver Star shoot, blah, 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 shooting star press. I'm assuming that was supposed to be his finisher. But it seems like all the Mexican luchas all would use the Hurricane Rana. Psychosis, Hoovy, Ray... True. True. Learn me a new finish. Learn a new. Go away, as Jr. once said. Go away and come back when you learn a new hold. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's fair. But at the same time, you got to think. You know, you ain't seeing a lot of that on television outside of WCW. Yeah. Unless you live somewhere where they do lucha on television. Yeah, but I'm seeing a lot of it here. I'm seeing a lot of it here. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. It's like some sort of hurricane rana or like a sunset flip or something crazy. Yep. But um, this match was just there to, for the Hogan outsider thing. That took up most of the conversation, a good bit of the time. And I gave this a C. All right, that's fair. Uh, it's like uh, this one, it's like, I went with a B minus. Honestly, like the match itself for what it was, was fairly interesting. Uh, it was kind of funny seeing Dean Malico just kind of walk out and look like, yeah, okay, you know, checking out the prospects here. It's like, dude, like he's already got your belt. Like, <laughs> you know, why are you out here? But I mean, honestly, the uh, NWO stuff kind of took me out of it a little bit because it's like, here we are again because they did this with Hall and Nash before. Like, they talk about Rey Mysterio and all of a sudden, blah, 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 blah. here's the outsiders or the hostile takeover. And it's like, why put a belt on this dude? and then proceed to bury him with other people. Especially when this is a title match. You could have made this non-title. Right. I don't I know. Like, that's what I didn't, yeah. I, like, I didn't, didn't really get it, but it's the same time, like, I don't know. The the hill spot, though, was, that's what kind of got me, though. I'll be honest, because yeah. it was like, hey, why not? <laughs> and we forgot to mention, in the middle of this match, we switched to hour two, so... Those are the fireworks. Oh. Yeah, but okay. it, it kind of kept met, met with air bit oh, my phone. <laughs> they were going off so loud next to where Bischoff and Heenan were, you really couldn't hear Bischoff for a while. <laughs> More fireworks, less Bischoff. That's a good thing. I mean, there we go. I'm totally okay with that. All right. So. You said what, B minus? B minus. I said C. We're close. Good enough. So then we get Mean Gene backstage with Benoit and Mongo. 
<laughs> and they've challenged Stex to a tag team match tonight. That's why they were talking. We forgot to mention. That's why they were talking about having balls. Okay. They want to prove that they're the two that should be in the War Games match, not these two. Well, then why didn't you speak up last week? Right. And Seth's saying, we'll just do whatever you want. And a week later, we're not going to do what you want. We don't like that. What was the point of that? Like, y'all were all standing there. You know what I mean? It was like, y'all were all standing there. And it was just like, hey, like, we want you guys. And y'all could have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, you could have had Mongo say, like, bah, bah, wait, wait, what about us now? You know, however Mongo talks. Some Cajun accent. Shout Whatever. out to Louisiana. But, like, that would have been funny. But bah, 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 now. Like, no, no, that's why. That right there. <laughs> no one knows who you are. Shout out to Louisiana, really? <laughs> Why? They have delicious gumbo. Okay, I'll give you that. All right, the Ben Wall says some things. Yada, yada, yada. Not important. <sighs> then, okay, here's where I'll, I get really confused. This confused the ever-loving dog crap out of me. We get a replay of Macho Man's program promo from last week okay then they show highlights of macho man versus the giant did they cut that out of the broadcast from what we watched last week or was it a dark match or something i yeah i don't remember seeing that well i watched the whole show last week and there was i remember them talking that it was it was on the um description of the program but there was no Macho Man versus Giant on that show. And I looked at my notes. We didn't review it. No. I don't know if that match happened, or if it did happen, they may have ran out of time. Well, they, they must have, because they showed highlights here. Hmm. They probably ran out of time. That's I don't know. Well, apparently the Macho Man fought the Giant last week at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird because I feel like they breezed through Nitro last week. At least the matches seemed quick. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just like, we have a whole lot to do to get ready for war games <laughs> or something. That had to be my guess because, yeah, I don't – yeah. I I don't even think they talked about the match really, did they? mm Because that would have been your main event. I would think. I mean, because I, like I said, I went back at last week's notes and – he said that promo and said something about he was going to. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, I remember we griped about it ending on a promo. I bet you it was, and it ran out of time. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. That had to be the case because it's like, I mean, we didn't see anything. They didn't even say, like, coming up next we got is like, here's our promo. We want to be teammates for war games, handshakes and high fives and bro hugs all around, and then that was the end of the show. All right. Well, apparently Macho Man fought the Giant last week and wasn't on TV. Well, now we get Macho Man live with Mean Gene, and we're going to get Macho Man versus the Giant at Fall Brawl, and then Macho Man versus Hogan at Halloween Havoc. Okay. So if the Giant beats Macho Man, does he not get the shot at Hogan? Or I didn't, I don't get this booking at all. Why are we talking about his match two pay-per-views away? That's, like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, why, why, yeah, it's like we haven't even got the fall brawl yet, guys. Like, why are we talking about Halloween Havoc already? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and who was giving Savage all these steel chairs? <laughs> it was like, because I mean, if you notice in the flashbacks, it's like, you know, he's obviously talking about Hogan, he's talking about the Giant, and then he goes off on the Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> like what? <laughs> that was the match with the giant. That was the match from last week that they were talking about. Yeah, this is like, why are you beating everybody up with chairs all of a sudden? Like, oh, because I'm Hogan, sure. <laughs> because Hogan hit him with one. So yeah, the match versus the giant, the Dungeon of Doom tries to interfere with a chair. Well, he grabs it from, I think it was Jimmy, and then just starts beating every member of the Dungeon of Doom when they run to the ring. I'm like, okay, we missed that. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speak- really miss much. <laughs> nope. You think about it. <laughs> well, speaking of the giant, we get to see him in a match with Hi-oh! Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and this was surprisingly well done. I mean, all in all considered, because the giant was no selling everything Duggan could throw at him. <laughs> which really uh, because giants been on this rage lately probably shouldn't be selling much he got duggan in a big bear hug okay duggan backed out of it and duggan went for a slam and couldn't even get his feet off the ground (laughs) and then here he comes the million dollar man ted dibiase coming down (laughs) to the crowd Ah, that's that that just suave, that stone face never changing his expression, the perfect suit all the time. He bought a ticket. He comes down and sits in the crowd. How would you like to have been the ticket that's sitting beside DB Ozzy? How would you love to have been that guy? Well, I mean, if we're talking, you know, mid nineties, we're talking Ted DiBiase. I would have been tempted. I wouldn't have, but I would have been tempted to sock him. Oh, just based on the fact it's like, yeah, man, like you were the bad guy, you know, oh. <laughs> that whole thing. But at the same time, my jaw would drop because I mean, Ted DiBiase is the man. So I'd be like, oh my god. Yeah, the the, the guy beside him didn't care. He old face. He could just murder his grandma. He was like, yeah, woo! Right. <laughs> so then they go back to the match. So Duggan's like, okay, can't do anything to this big guy. Pulls out his tape fist. <laughs> Clocks the giant with it. I love this part. Straight up no sell. Didn't even register that his fist touched his face. And he goes, all right, give me another one. (laughs) And I'm like, yes. (laughs) So more tape. And he right in front of the ref again, too. Then he swings back and pops him again. And he kind of acted like a stiff breeze might have touched him. (laughs) And he just... Jimmy Hart comes in with a two by four. That gets foiled. And the giant chokeslam was there wondering, could he get Hacksaw up? He's 300 pounds. He did. It wasn't the smoothest chokeslam he's ever had in his life, but he got him up. And bam, one, two, three. And then they show the shot of DiBiase in the crowd. And he's got his fingers and he goes, one, two, three match over oh then he holds four for a while and they're like is there a fifth member of the four horsemen there can't be a fifth member of the four horsemen you idiot that was yeah if you just heard that arnold just literally did a face palm that was what i was doing watching this 
But then he pulls out the thumb. He said four, and then he said next week, five. Hmm. Hmm. And then things got a little weird. Did you notice this? Mean Gene has a promo with Giant. Says that Macho Man was scared of him. Okay. Then in a little offhand, kind of backs off of it real quick like he probably shouldn't have said it, the Giant says he'll be in the cage. Now, knowing what we know down from history, I don't think he was supposed to say that yet. No. Because knowing little kayfabe breaker here, what happens next week, I don't think he was supposed to mention war games at all. Spoiler alert, the Giant will get involved. Yeah, I don't think that was supposed to be... Did you catch it? When he did he said that? Honestly, didn't. Because I got confused when he's like screaming about he's the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, that and was, was kind of like, "Where's your belt, dude?" <laughs> and he's like, "I'm the world heavyweight champion." And he realized, "Wait, no, I'm not." When I win it back, and I'm like, "Whoa, okay, well." <laughs> he's young at this point, but then when he says he'll be in the cage, and I'm like, "Ooh, shouldn't have said that." Right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and the announcers never mentioned it because yeah. But overall, I like this. This was this was good. I love the no selling, everything dug and through, especially the tape fist. Um, Jimmy Hart got foiled with the two before. Didn't I don't know why, because he didn't need to be anywhere near with that two by four. It almost looked like right. he was trying to help Duggan. So I didn't like that spot. So I gave this a B. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I was uh, just looking at everything overall, in my opinion. Um, you know, DiBiase showing up, that seemed like the perfect time for that to happen. In this in this case, especially, you know, you get an hour or two, you get a little five horseman gaff. I'm just going to call that a gaff. Five horsemen, what? Who's the fifth horseman? Misinformation? Anyway, <laughs> a little modern tie there. Miss Elizabeth. But, uh, Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth and her sister misinformation. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I was like, overall, I was like, yeah, this match was, I mean, it was entertaining to say the least. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. Of course, Jimmy Hart did Jimmy Hart things. Duggan not taping himself, his hands once, but twice. And as like, I just say, I got to love that. I love that the giant no sold that. It's mm-hmm. like, come on. It's like, give me another one. You got, you got more in the tank than that, don't you? Yeah. Got to be for me as well. Yep. Loved it. I mean, it's the Jimmy Hart thing really took me out of it a little bit because I didn't understand that at all. Why would a manager want to get involved when your guy is just decimating the other guy? He just no-sold his quote-unquote finish twice. What? I don't, I don't know. So we both got double Bs. Okay. All right. Now, here comes... I lied earlier. Here comes my favorite match of the night. I'm sorry. I you can call me an old you can call me old man. You can call me stuck in the past. You can call me whatever you want. But I'm still your armchair booker of the year, by the way. We get the Rock and Roll Express versus Flair and Anderson. 
Fresh out of 1985. Let's go. Yes. Well, 86 <laughs> and 87. It's more like it, but who's counting? This, oh, I love this. I know they're older at this point, but I love the rock and roll. I love Arn and Flair. This was, if you're going to teach tag team wrestling, this will be one of the matches you want to show them for this is what you do on TV. I mean, it's fair. And I think everybody knew that th at this point, the rock and roll were there just to put guys over. But did you hear? I mean, the crowd still pops for them every time. Every little oh, yeah. thing they do. They're still over like Rover. Um, but this went back and forth. Um, Anderson rolled in, hit. He was the not the legal man. Hit DDT on Ricky and got the one, two, three. Flair and Anderson win. I mean, it was a tag team match, just brilliant. They nice hand to hand tags. Um, at one point, Robert Gibson got the good hot tag, come in, cleared the ring. It's beautiful. Um, then we get Mean Gene with Flair and Anderson. And this surprised me because Arn Anderson's promo, perfect, brilliant. Perfectly brilliant. Mm -hmm. Talking about how what kind of man you gotta be. I'm like, that was wonderful. Flair's was meh. Well, it was okay, but it's I mean, I hold Flair to a different whole nother standard, but still, it was weird to see Arn Anderson have the better promo. Any thoughts on this? This uh, I don't know where to begin. Nah, um, the match itself was it was fun to watch, you know. And of course, yeah, like you said, R and R is going to get a pop anywhere in the South, <laughs> regardless of when and where. But for me, it was like you were saying, you know, eighty six, eighty seven. You know, we see Horseman versus Rock and Roll Express. That's probably your main event. Oh yeah, I mean, let's no just be doubt. real. It's probably your main event, and I back mean, that's when, no back when hmm? tag teams could main event, right? And I mean, that, and that is no disrespect to any of these competitors, but I mean, you got to think. I mean, these guys are forty-ish, maybe close to forty in we their forties. I think we looked up a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure we said early forties. Yeah, it's like early forties. Which don't get me wrong, they, they did exactly what you would expect for men in the early forties. Hey, people like, used. Guys used to work into their 60s back in the day when they knew how to take care of themselves. Now they can't make it to 35. True. This is the thing, man. It's like, for me, I guess, I mean, in terms of this versus older matches, per se, it almost seemed like it was on autopilot in a way. Not in a negative way, necessarily. Like, I'm not sitting there like, oh, you know, it was kind of oh, humdrum tag team stuff. I mean, that's not the case at all. Like, I mean, it was textbook. You know, they... Two guys start off, they weren't brawling outside the ring before the match starts. They weren't all in the ring brawling like it was a Texas Tornado match. Started off, bell rings, two men. They did tag team things, blind tags. There was double teams. It was beautiful to watch. I just wish they were about 10 years younger. Yeah, well. <laughs> but other than that, no, I mean, overall, this is a hell of a match for what it was. It got Flair and Anderson over. 
getting ready for war games. I'm more excited for war games now, especially after hearing Arn Anderson talk. Oh, like yeah. you said, you know, you, it's nice to pick them spots, but you can't pick them spots once that cage closes. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't I, like, care. <laughs> I don't care how old Art Anderson is. If I met that man in a back alley and he looked pissed off, I'm going the other direction. Even if he's not mad at me. Everything valuable at him. It's like, here's my phone, my wallet, my watch. My kid. Hell, you can have my pants if you want. I'm out of here, dude. Here's, here's <laughs> my kid. You can have it. Right. Yours. <laughs> I'm gone. Like, I was going to say, this is like, I don't know what it is about Arn Anderson. It's like, I just get this, like, I always have. It's, I just get this angry dad vibe. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get it. Like, yep. angry dad or pissed off coach. And it's just kind of like, all right, man, like, whatever you got to say, I'm I'm with it. Like, just don't punch me in the face, please. <laughs> yep, pretty much. And so I think you could probably, if I had to say, you could probably guess my grade here. I, no, I I'm, guess say, your grade. I'm going to say, can you guess my grade? Oh, can I guess your grade? Yeah. I'm going to say an A. Oh, Maybe yep. A plus. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> we didn't go A plus. If this had been like a pay-per-view match with some buildup, but... Nah, nah, yeah, it got an A. This was tag team at its finest. Right on, right on. Uh, let's see, this one, I gave it an A minus. I can see I mean, that. It's like, yeah, it's like you said. I mean, hell, I mean, they basically put on a clinic. And like yep. I said, and these are guys, I mean, this is, I want, oh, okay, passive prime is probably not the best word to use here, best phrase. I mean, it's not completely inaccurate. But at the same time, like, I mean, you look at this compared to almost anything we see from tag teams today, and it's like, doesn't matter. I mean, these guys could probably all still go well into their 60s now, and it's like, it's, uh, it would Rick, be good. Ricky Morton Maybe. still is going, and Robert say, yeah, occasionally. I've yeah, I was like, I've seen Ricky Morton, like pictures of Ricky Morton. He is definitely still going. Oh, he's still doing sunset flips, drop kicks. I mean, it's nuts. He's a guy oh, 60. Yeah. It was outrageous. It is like, dude, if I'm 60, I'm sorry. I'm chilling. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But shoot, I mean, hey, man, I mean, he's doing what he loves. Hey, mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Yep, yep, yep. And you know what? Do you know what he puts when he has sore muscles and he puts that pack on there? Do you know what it gets? Makes you know what it makes his blood do? Hmm. It makes his blood run cold because we got another glacier vignette. Woo! Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I was going to do that every time from now on until he debuts. Uh, oh, no, you're going to do it every time we see him on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the same one from before. I love it. <laughs> Can't wait. Cannot wait. Well, we're going to keep waiting there, champ. Can't wait till he debuts. Can't wait. And speaking of debuts, we get a very... What? Did you hear that? I did not. Oh. Listen closer. I do hear it now. Oh, my God. It's the sound of the walls breaking down. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Break the walls down. Of course, we're, we're about five years away from that, but... Or a couple years away from that. <laughs> Not five. We're a couple away from that. This is the WCW debut 
of Mr. I should stop wrestling because I'm 50, Chris Jericho. This is back when he could actually move and didn't look like a canned ham. Right. Remember like before the bubbly. Remember like three years, three or four, like three years ago when WWE, when he like still looked like in shape and could move. I mean, it wasn't, this wasn't this Chris Jericho, but he could still go. I tried to watch a match with him the other day on YouTube in AW. Oh my God. He, no, like people mock Goldberg because he's old. Goldberg's still in shape and couldn't move. It's like Goldberg's still in fantastic shape. Like Take, almost terrifying. Taker's last few matches, yeah, he should have hung it up. Especially when you try to put Taker versus Goldberg. Mm-hmm. That was a... Ugh. Yeah. But this is young Chris Jericho. Very young Chris Jericho. I think he's, he's probably... Well, he, he's 25 at this point. Very I was like, yeah, he was very young. Yep. Just a young little boy they found in Canada who made his <laughs> debut in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, wrestled one match with a broken arm. Supposed to be huh. they was a tag team with him and Lance Storm, the thrill seekers. They brought him in, did a bunch of vignettes to build him up, brought him in for a match the morning of the big show. It was like a not a pay per view, but you know a big show they had. Right. They um, he broke his arm practicing a shooting star press that he wasn't even going to do in the match. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a foreshadowing of his intelligence down the road, <laughs> oh, but we'll not go there. All right, uh, and I wrote in here he was he was so quick back then. All over the place, just bam, springboard. Oh yeah, I love that springboard drop kick. Good lord, that looked nice. Oh, we yeah, did. We didn't even mention this is Chris Jericho versus Alex Wright, everybody's favorite nondescript white guy. Das Wunderkind. Das Wunderkind, or your creator wrestler. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I know I'm probably beating that dead horse right now but every time i see him i cannot help but think of that that every time i look at this guy <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh what was that dude's name they had on uh what they, i think it was wwe 2k16 baron blade oh yeah <laughs> same tights and all yeah oh that's right he was like your um career mode counterpart yeah he's like your rival or whatever yeah and he was yeah that's alex Wright. should have called him um i did like Alex Wright's counter. Jericho was coming off the top rope, and Alex Wright hit him midair with a drop kick. That took some height from Wright. Yeah, it did. Dude was it athletic. Really looked good too. So then they f- they're fighting on the apron, and Jericho knocks Wright off, and he knocks him into the barricade, and I guess took the worst barricade shot that got no juice ever on the history of the planet because he gets because <laughs> he got counted out. Well, he was going to, but Jericho stopped the count and said he doesn't want to win the match like that. I'm like, okay. I was thinking, see, I was almost expecting some kind of heel turn where he's going to walk over and just beat the crap out of him, but I knew that wasn't coming. Nope. So he has the ref declare this a no contest. 
And I, I love, <laughs> I love Heenan's like, you idiot, take the win, take the money. Cause this is back when people didn't realize that they were on contracts and things. They thought you got paid for like, there was the winner got the money of the match. Right. Which is a missing concept nowadays, but back then it wasn't, you know, all oh, this guy's got a contract. He's getting money. It was, there's a purse for this match and the winner wins it, which made the whole cheating thing a little more believable. Mm-hmm. But that's just something we've lost over the way. But yeah. So oh, yeah. Jericho stops it, has it declared a no contest. And we had a mean gene interview with, I wrote Chris Jericho and Alex Wright, but I don't know if Jericho went long or was they just trying to play up Alex Wright being concussed, but he didn't get a word in. And, you know, Jericho talks about, hey, I didn't want to win the match this way. I have too much respect for this dude. Yada, yada, yada. He's great. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, man, they're really trying to push him as this do-good baby face. Right. I'll tell you what, though. The crowd did not like that decision. No, they did not. <laughs> they were very upset. They booed it out of the building. Oh, yeah, they did. I couldn't help but just chuckle at that. I was like. I don't blame y'all because, quite frankly, I'd be pissed too. It's like, no, we didn't come here for that. (laughs) I mean, as your armchair booker of the year, I'm not going to book that that way. If you want him to get over some sympathy, let's see if I can pull something off the top of my head. Oh, I don't know. Having hit the guy with a finish, pin him, then help him up and raise his hand too because he's your buddy. Right. And then you walk off together cool he's a competitor he's the better because he won which we know between the two right now they're not going to be pushing alex right mm-hmm. but i still i still liked it either way i liked it it was a big important moment in wrestling history i guess we should say so again i give this one an a just because i'm i mean i'm looking at it through history's eyes i will say okay. that hey i mean that's hey that's fair I mean, it was exciting to see young Jericho instead of, yeah, shell of former self Jericho. So, I mean, I'll definitely take that over anything because I've always been a Chris Jericho fan. Honestly, I mean, it would have been nice to see him debut with Lance Storm because I've been a Lance Storm fan as well. Um, This one, yes, I went with a B. Um, Not for anything in particular. The finish, I'm sorry, I wasn't a big fan of that finish. And it's like, I kind of have to agree with Heenan on that one. It's kind of like, dude, just take the win. You know what I mean? I get it. You're trying to be like a good sportsman or whatever, but it's like, take the win. Like, I won't think any less of you. You got out of the way. Alex Wright just ate a guardrail. It's no big deal. <laughs> it's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But so now we get Chris Jericho in WCW. Let's see what they're going to do with him. Or I guess like better word to say, not do with him. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So then we get to the next tag team match, the Steiners versus the Blue Blue Bloods, which is Bobby Eaton and David Taylor. This, I was conflicted. So the Blue Bloods are obviously on the skids with Mr. Eaton. They're arguing who should start the match. Well, Rick's like, I don't care which one of you starts a match. I'm going to get crap out of both of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, Bobby. Uh, did you? Oh, 
Bobby Eaton took that hip toss from, I believe it was Rick. Did you see the airtime he got? I've seen backdrops not go that high. I was like, he felt, it felt like he was up there forever. I just want to, <laughs> I, I want to take that video and just make a, a slight little video of R. Kelly's, I believe I can fly in slow motion as he takes that hip toss because it was maybe another song that has the word fly in it because R. Kelly's a piece of garbage, but <laughs> right, whatever. I'll find another song. But yeah, that was yeah, that was wild. I almost wish I had like uh, whenever you're watching football and the punter kicks the ball and they have the hang time time yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it's kind of like you know, I was like, I want to see how long he was up there because I mean, it seemed like it was moving in slow motion. It, on a hip toss, Ow, not even like, like a back wow. body drop. It's just a simple hip toss, and he's—I mean, he's way up there. Right. I was like, yeah, he, yeah. I, maybe that. Maybe that's why they didn't have interests. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, because it's like, okay, it's like, I guess they were kind of speeding things up there. It's like, well, we don't need these guys to get entrances. We know who they are. Maybe, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so. So for the finish, I mean, they're back and forth. They're not liking each other. They, I mean, it's it, Taylor's getting mad at Eaton. So the Blue Bloods go for a version. I don't know what the, exactly this was. Some version of the Doomsday Device, where Bobby Eaton got, I think Rick up on it. Yeah, it was Rick up on his shoulders in the electric chair. Taylor's going to come off the, or no, Taylor got him up, didn't he? Let's see, you're trying to think. Yeah, it was Taylor. Yeah. Taylor got him up in the electric chair. Aiton's going to come off the rope. Instead of like a clothesline, he was going for like a cross body, which how they talk Rick into taking that, I do not know because he came down and that move is dangerous as crap when performed correctly with the right. clothesline. A cross body? I mean, he must have trusted Bobby, but he almost put him on his head. Mm -hmm. But he hits the ground. And the, as he tries to pin him, Rick takes the momentum and roll and pins Bobby Eaton one two three. <sighs> then the Blue Bloods are dysfunctional. They're fighting at ringside. Now they just kind of fight off to the back, which I mean the refs taking them back, so they're not really fighting off. They're just kind of being told, "Get out of my ring." Then we get Those Mean guys. Gene with the Steiners. And this promo, oh my God. <laughs> so we've always mocked Scott Steiner's math promo, right? <laughs> well, in this one, Rick starts plugging the wrong pay-per-view and Scott has to correct him. You know your promo's off the rails when Scott Steiner has to correct you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rick starts plugging Halloween Havoc and Scott comes in and goes, oh, uh, it's Fall Brawl, Fall Brawl, Rick. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of cracks me up because they sound similar yeah. to one another. So that makes it even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like their voices sound similar. I mean, which I guess makes sense. But it, yeah, that was funny to me because it's like you would almost like if you were not looking at your television, you almost would have thought it was Scott that said that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look at like, oh, that was Rick. <laughs> So you just stand back here and bark. I'll take care of the rest. I love what I love that when he he was biting the rope when they were just arguing. I, Rick Steiner's absolutely just nuts and hilarious, but right, he can still whip you. Oh yeah, but overall, I like this. 
it was a, I guess, I mean, good way to show that we're getting, I'm assuming, the end of the Blue Bloods. Um, Scott and Steiner look, or Scott and Steiner, Scott and Rick look great in this, stayed over strong. Of course, they were going to win. I wish they had oh, won yeah. a little more convincingly than a roll-up off a Doomsday device. That's, again, your armchair booker of the year over here. I would have had them. I would have had the, let's maybe Bobby go for the big leg on somebody, but accidentally hit David with it. I don't know. Something more convincing. And I mean, it made it, it made it seem more believable that they were fighting and arguing after the match in that case. I don't know. We'll see. Now we'll see how this blue blood thing goes. Probably not very much farther. But overall, it was entertaining. I liked it. The promo at the end made me chuckle because it was the wrong promo, and then Scott has to come in, which, I mean, it's live. It happens. In a pre-tape, you stop tape, you do it again. But it's live. Yep. (laughs) But the Steiners are intense, very intense. I think that's the one word we can all use for them. Oh, yeah. Kept me entertained. I gave this a B+. Very good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. Nah. Yay. Nah. I mean, I mean, nah, I did enjoy this match too. I mean, and it, this match did exactly what it was supposed to do for both teams, really, if you think about it. Because I mean, we haven't seen Lord Steven Regal in tag team action in you know a while now. And then he's like, he's fixing to make a singles run. So I don't know who Dave Taylor is. Bobby Eaton, is, I mean, he's a little older at this point. He don't really need this. You know, he didn't have his glory. So it's just like, whatever, I'm just here. So we are, I mean, we're pretty aware that the Blue Bloods are done after this. Uh, the match itself, very entertaining. It was a, yeah, that doomsday spot. <laughs> wow. But, um, yeah, it was a great match overall. Was, I gave it a B-. minus. Uh-huh. Very good, very good. Very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, we got. I mean, look at this. This is nineteen ninety six. Bobby Eaton's got four more years in this company. Right. Uh, what they could have done. I mean, I would have pushed him to the moon, gave him a tag team partner, made him tag champions. Well, who am I? Probably. Yeah, I, not? I mean, I might. Rock. I probably wouldn't have, but nostalgia me wants him to. All right. So then we get to quote unquote main event which i was not looking forward to but then got pleasantly swerved so we get benoit mongo versus stex okay was not looking forward to this at all and thank god i didn't have to watch much of it right so Benoit and Mongo jump stacks from behind, even though they told him it wasn't, we're mad at you, or we're, we don't hate you. We're just here to prove a point. Okay, but we're still going to act like heels. Okay, fine. <laughs> Smash goes back and forth for what, maybe three minutes? Four Give or minutes, take. Maybe. Mongo is an idiot. I don't know if they told him to do this or what, but I believe it was Luger, or no, they were beating the crap out of Luger most of the match. Sting gets the hot tag and comes in and just starts wailing on Benoit. There's Mongo standing on the apron. Doesn't come that doesn't come feed Sting for the I don't know. 
I don't know if they told him. I don't know if they told him, "Hey, stay out because you're garbage" or whatever. But he should have been in there. No, Sting I mean, knocked, should have been there. Sting knocks down Benoit, turns around. Here comes Mongo, knocks him down, turns around. There's until they. I don't know. This match. This match was. I would call it the rating equivalent of a no contest because it was. So inconsequential, it was stupid. They just need to get these guys in a ring for a reason. Well, probably trying to put butts in seats or something, I guess. And the reason it was is here comes Hogan. And he's... But Sting catches him. Or was it Sting that caught him? Or... No, it was Mongo. Mongo. Mongo caught Sting like... Or caught Hogan like he's ever going to be afraid of him. But Hogan's backing up. Like, no, no, brother. No, brother. Hold up. Hold up. I No. And as he comes around the corner, bam, here comes Scott Hall and just clocks Mongo. Surprise. Yeah. Who, did, who didn't see that coming? Remember that whole, you need to listen to Arn Anderson. Remember that whole pick your spot thing he was saying? Mm-hmm. Well, this was their spot. Right. So then the NWO just beats the crap out of everybody in the ring. And then they pull out the spray paint. And they pull, they turn Mongo over and right on his back. In W O and then Benoit in W O did they get Sting? Uh, I don't think they got Sting on that one. I think they got Luger. I didn't write down which one. I don't know. Flair and Aaron Anderson come down and they make a valiant effort, but they get knocked down and Hogan starts spray painting Flair's head. Woo, doggy. I bet you Flair's like, uh uh-uh, he's spray painting my hair. I want an extra G. (laughs) Right. I said, that's the meal ticket right there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of ticket, did you see Flair on the train? Which, which, this is a family show. We're not going to get into it, folks, but he swears it's not him. But I'm (laughs) a little skeptical. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, let's just say Flair took the train downtown and it, there was an in-flight meal. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm going to say that one. But Hogan comes down, spray paints Arn, spray paints Flair, everybody, NWO is those dirty dogs. Yeah, yeah that's and, pretty much all there was to, and to did that. You, <laughs> and did you notice the last shot they showed as the show went off. They, <laughs> they replayed um, Ted, Bia- Ted DiBiase going the one, two, three, four, and next week, five. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see. And that whole segment was wonderful to get the NWO. I mean, if, can they get any more over as, as heels? This was... I would almost say volcanic nuclear heat, except if you watch our watch along with us, you'll figure out what actual heat is. This was heat, but it wasn't too bad. That's the way you, I mean, that's definitely the way you get heat. I mean, just by taking every baby face heel on the other side and just humiliating them in live TV in front of everybody. And the crowd, of course, you know, is throwing their garbage because that's the WCW thing to do. And the match, pointless. This whole segment, though, 
definitely gets an A for me. Hey, there you go. And I'll be honest with you. <clears throat> the match itself, like, inconsequential, didn't mean anything, kind of a throwaway. I mean, even with having Luger and Sting, who are, I mean, top bill at this point, at least for WCW, um, considering you got your NWO. And in a way, for Benoit and Mongo, it's kind of like, this is why Sting and Luger asked Flair and Double A, and not you guys. Because look what happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you're sitting there watching Mongo. He's just like inching closer toward Hogan. And it's like, dude, really? Like, I mean, even Hogan at this point, do you really think he's going to back off from you? <laughs> it's kind of like you're you're walking into an ambush. Yeah, pretty here much. Here it comes. So here they are. They're getting their hind ends kicked. Wow. Like, that is how you end a show especially one where you're trying to set up an epic battle at a pay-per-view. It's like, that is how you end it. And it ended pretty much the way Bash the Beach ended. And it was nice. Everybody's throwing their garbage into the ring. Yeah, it was Hall and Nash, I think, take over like the, the announce table and they're cracking. Oh, jokes. yeah. They spray paint the announce table. Man, like for, for 96 – this is white hot heat and it, it leaves you wanting more. It's that kind of heat. It's that good, that beautiful heat. Like to me, like if I wanted to draw a more modern comparison, uh, this might be a bit of a reach, but I want to say Randy Orton as the legend killer in a way, not quite as hot is this, but at the same time, you're bringing in, oh man, you know, we were, we're going to laud this person and yeah, this is a great legend. Here comes Randy Orton. Boom. RKO. And it's just like, you douche, <laughs> you know? And it was like, for me, I mean, it got him over for me. Cause I was like, yeah, who's he going to RKO this week? I mean, he RKO'd everybody from like Jimmy Snooker or May Young and <laughs> it didn't matter. It was great. Yeah. But then you have this, it's like, we're just going to take over your freaking company. We're going to spray paint everything, yep. <laughs> including your stars. We don't care. Yep. Another fantastic. Another modern day comparison I could probably use is when Tommaso Ciampa turned on Gargano at takeover. Oh my God. I've never wanted to fight another grown <laughs> man so badly in my life. And that's another, that's another instance of me getting straight Mark, dude, because oh. I was upset. Oh, I was mad. I mean, even the point where we know it's scripted and everything. And right. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. I like, love DIY. I did, too. And it's like, especially watching them, like, when they did, I think it was the, yeah, the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament, and they ended up going up against one another, and they were all like, you know, this is a competition. We're competitors, but we're still brothers at the end of the day. I'm like, I love these guys. Yeah. And then that happened, and I was just like, not to mention they just come off one of the greatest matches ever. Right. And that's the, I think for me, that was what the dagger in the back. I was just like, oh my God, y'all have my, my heart just so full of happiness. And then you just like pooped on it mm-hmm. I would in have, a good way. I would have loved to have seen a full on program between DIY and the revival. Yes. <sighs> yes. That would have been amazing. I mean, they're all amazing competitors. Yeah. I was like, I just love how that turned out. Like, oh my God. Mm. It was like, that's probably one of my favorite heel turns from 
really the last decade. Oh yeah, uh, easily, easily, probably, probably twenty years for me. I'd put easily put it in my top, probably top ten of all time favorites for me. Oh, hey, definitely. It is just like yeah, like that was the ultimate hill turn, and honestly. It turned in from like them being brothers pretty much to like straight up hate. And then remember, we had to wait like eight months because Ciampa had towards ACL in that match, mm-hmm. which just added to it, really. I mean, at the time, it's like, oh, that sucks. Right. But, but that just made him because you got Gargano over more as a face. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, here comes Ciampa back and lays him out again. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. And that's what I loved about it. it, it because honestly, I don't think that angle would have worked as well. If Chompa or not Chompa, um, Gargano. Gargano gone over as the heel there because it'd have been like, no. what? It was like, I mean, to me, Tommaso Chompa was a little more believable as your heel because I mean, he kind of had a heel vibe about him already. That face, that, that bald head, and that beard, the dude screams, I'm a bad guy, right? <laughs> God, Cody. man, they oh my goodness, like. I can't remember which takeover it was. They finally had their match. That whole card was top to bottom. Why are we talking about NXT? I don't know. I miss NXT. <laughs> I miss good NXT. I miss good NXT too because that that whole card, top to bottom, every that, match was just that Chicago good. Street Fight, the I Quit Chicago Street Fight match or the I Quit match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh. But anyway, <laughs> twenty five years ago, Nitro had a show on August twenty sixth. That's right. <laughs> and it was a good one. I I really enjoyed most of this show. There was no public enemy and nasty boys to me to fast forward to, so I actually got to watch the whole show this week. And I averaged out the grades, and it gets a very good passing B+. Plus. I was thoroughly entertained. There you go. I will take that. And honestly, I see your B+, plus and I raise you... And equally B plus, because I mean, yeah, that's basically what my <laughs> same thing. And it's like, yeah, I mean, this, and I love it because I mean, this honestly could have been a C show and I still would have thought about it positively. Part of that, because I mean, who were they competing against? Tennis? Yeah. I mean, or whatever else came on at 8 p.m. on a Monday. Like, yeah, of course, if I'm watching wrestling, whether I was a WWF stan or a WCW, well, obviously, if I was a WCW guy, I'm watching Nitro. But it's like, well, Raw's not on. Let's watch Nitro this week. So it's like, I mean, I think it's safe to say that uh, Nitro kind of blew WWF out of the water this week in the ratings war. But the show was just top to bottom, pretty well done. The only thing I would have done differently is that they still did their whole kind of mail in the first hour kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would have just fully, I would have almost made this a pay per view card. Seriously, why not? I would have hot shotted this like crazy. Maybe a tag title match with a change. Maybe a. that. Speaking of titles, they keep saying that on the Superstation that. Luger is going to defend his TV title. He never has it with him. We never see it here. What is with that thing? Is it a thing or not? I'm That's on time for you. I guess they just want to use it for the other show to try to get views on it, but then stop mentioning it here. Right. 
or at least have him carry it around. If, he, <laughs> if he's your TV champion, which is like your third tier champion in, at this point, but I mean, you got your heavyweight, your US, and I guess TV, then cruiserweight, and then tag team. I mean, I know That's nowadays there's way too many championships, but their WCW has had a few too many, in my opinion, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got to a point where it's like, yeah, what's, what's the TV title have to do with anything? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, good show. Entertaining. Really looking forward to the retaliation or the response, I guess would be the better word, to the paint gate. <laughs> So we'll look forward to that because I don't think we have Raw again next week. No, I don't think so. So, folks, since we don't have Raw this week, we're going to do a watch along on a separate, it'll be a separate episode, but it will release. Actually, it'll release before this because I'm probably going to put that out later today. We're recording on Friday. So you probably have already seen our watch along, should have, of. The Midnight Express versus Magnum, T.A., and Mr. Wrestling 2. If you haven't, go watch it and watch along with us. That's the whole point of it. It's on YouTube. You can watch right along with us. So we're, and we're, we haven't seen this. I've seen this match before. This is one of my all-time favorite matches, and I don't think you've probably ever seen it. I haven't seen it, but, I mean, I know all the competitors involved, so, I mean, it's got to yeah. be a good match. Oh, oh, and if you want to learn what heat is, think of this. The promoter of the show told the booker that you could never, ever do that again because someone would literally get killed and almost happened at this match. Hey, come on, Magnum TA was involved. I mean, no. <laughs> no, Magnum's the face. Magnum's the face. Magnum and, T- Magnum and two were the face. The Midnight's the heels. They got Cornette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, you can just, just look at Magnum TA and just look at him and just be like, yeah. Oh, what he could have, <laughs> well, we can talk about after the walk, the watch along, but man, what he could have been. Mm-hmm. Man, wear your seat belts and drive safely, folks. <sighs> but. If you want to tell us about that walk along, walk along. This is a, you know, this is the walkabout in the Australian Outback. No, if you want to tell us about that watch along or this show or tell us anything, tell us to just where we can stick our left foots. I don't care. You can shout us out on Twitter and Instagram at AEWR Pod. For our boomers, you can call one eight hundred Call Fleck because this was his idea. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that, "Did you see that? Where he said the boomers need an eight hundred number. They don't know how to use email." <laughs> well, if we're going to use any number, there's only one number we should be able to use that we probably can't get anywhere near, and that number is one nine hundred nine 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 ninety nine hundred. Phone number lo- no longer in use, folks. <laughs> oh, oh, that advertisement on this show for the nine ninety five shipping and handling for the nineteen ninety five T shirt, and I'm like. I want one of those because Heenan was wearing it backwards. Classic. Uh, but you guys saw that on that commercial because you're watching you're watching these with us. That's right. That's right. All right. Any closing thoughts on that one? Any closing thoughts? More of this, Nitro. More of this. Yes, more of the good stuff, less of the bad stuff. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I was like, that's all I got, brother. Well, he's been Arnold, the man with a plan. I'm your armchair booker of the year, Drew. And in the meantime and in between time, we are on our backs looking up at the lights. One, two, and three. Peace.